Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for Jesus who is the stone the builders rejected, who has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved except the name of Jesus. In his name we pray and worship today. Amen. Thank you all. That's good singing. Wow. Thank you for making much of Jesus today. Amen. Great words and great songs we have sung together today. And I'm just reminded that, that Peter, who had his uh, set of challenges, uh, as the scripture declares to us, would later write in a letter, that, that word living stone comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, uh, uh, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance which can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed. And the common word, living stone, new and living way, simply reminds us that the way we've been talking about for now eight weeks is actually the way to life. It's the way to life. So Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Be kind to street preachers when you see them, because I once was one. It was the summer after Melanie and I married, and we had a little bit of space before I started seminary. I was pastoring a little church out in the country. That took care of my Sundays and Wednesdays, but there were those other days. And Melanie married me for life, but not necessarily for lunch every day. And so I was sort of, uh, I was reading John Wesley's journal, to be honest, and he preached on the street. And so I thought, well, I could do that. And my friend Mike was, was listening to sermons by a guy named Arthur Blessett, who was preaching in New Orleans on the street. So we crossed a bridge there in Waco into a neighborhood, a kind of projects area. There was a little bar there called the Dew Drop Inn. And there we began to preach. I remember one day I was preaching at a plasma center and I opened the door and I said, so you all are here to give blood. And they sort of nodded and I said, Jesus gave his blood for you and if you will trust in him, he will save you. And the lady at the desk said, and I quote, come in or go out, you're wasting the air conditioning. <laughs> Not everybody is ready to receive everything we have to say, but that reminded me of Max Licato's story because that week when we were preaching, there was a, a man who ran up to me and Mike with a, an earnestness about him and he said, listen, I know why you guys are here. 
The bridge is out. And you're telling people, don't go that way because it will lead you to destruction. Max Licato, in one of his books, has a, a beautiful story about a small town where a bridge is washed out. We remember things like this from Hurricane Harvey. And the bridge washed out led the mayor of the town to call one of his men in and say, I want you to hold a, a sandwich sign, you know what I mean, with the board in front over your shoulders, and I want you to stand at that corner and point to the road that goes to the right, the narrow dirt road, because if they take the big road that goes to the bridge, they're going to die. And the man said, I'm, I'm here and I'm here to help. And he put on the sign and the sign simply said, right road only. This was enough to point people to the right, to the narrow road. But as he stood there, he started thinking. And that's a little bit dangerous sometimes as he was pondering. He thought, this seems pretty narrow for me to say. Who am I to say right road only? And so he scratched out only and wrote preferred right road preferred. And then he thought, that's still a little bit dogmatic of me. Right road suggested. Right road suggested. That has a better ring to it. And then finally, he concluded that a, a, a better way to look at this would be to say, right road, colon, one of two equally valid alternatives. <laughs> it seems to me that our world has come to that conclusion that there are equally valid alternatives and you just choose which way you want to go and, and it will all go well with you because after all, and, and it seems to me that there are some who would say, Pastor, there's no right way or wrong way. And about that, I am sure that they are wrong because we have the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Would you open your Bibles with me? Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. This is the way, choose well. Matthew seven, verse 13. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? By the way, thanks Sky for leading us today. I know Carlos is out of town and grateful for uh, your leadership this morning. Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. Jesus has already contrasted some different ways of life, different places to put your treasure, uh, different kingdoms that we can choose. And after talking about prayer, he says in Matthew 7, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate Broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, we have heard Jesus say at the beginning of this series, so we're starting and ending with Jesus. We're focused on Jesus, and at the beginning, in John chapter 14, verse six, we heard Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then we went with the Apostle Paul on his journey of being an opponent of the way, and ultimately a proponent of the way, so he became a proclaimer of the faith he had once persecuted. 
And we conclude the series today coming back to Jesus to hear Jesus simply say there really are two ways. One is a wide and spacious and easy way to go, and the other is a narrow and a little bit um, more difficult path to choose. But that path leads to life. As Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 8, see, I'm setting before you the way of life and the way of death. And Jeremiah called the people in that day to a choice. You'll notice if you take time, and I was just thinking as I read through this this week, I need to just teach through the Sermon on the Mount, but notice that it's, there's a narrow and a wide road. There's a true and a false prophet. There are true and false disciples. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And ultimately, he concludes the Sermon on the Mount with this analogy of building your house on sand or on rock. And either way, the rain's gonna fall, the floods are gonna rise, the wind's gonna blow, and it's gonna beat against your house. But if your house is built on the right foundation, it will stand. And if it's built on the wrong foundation, it will fall with a great crash. And I'm most intrigued by verses 28 and 29 of Matthew chapter seven, where at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, it says the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. They admired Jesus. But Kierkegaard is correct when he says, Jesus Christ never came to attract admirers, but to find followers. Some of you saw our Josh Frainer's movie, Super Spreader. Uh, he's a young man who grew up in this church. He, he directed that movie. I, Melanie and I went to the movie here in town, and he was actually in the theater that we went to, which was kind of cool. We always kind of knew he would do something great. It's a very sort of pre- presents both perspectives on some of the things our world has been through in, in recent years, and I, I was proud of him. I remember when he was here, some of you remember this, He used to do our camp videos. We had to have rules for camp. And so he himself directed camp. He wrote, and he did them. Remember this? He did The Matrix. And all of us played characters in The Matrix. I remember Micah, Micah Kading was uh, one of the characters in The Matrix. And I think Stephen Major and Jeff Richards. And and I had a cameo role in it as well. And uh, in the original movie, The Matrix, there's a moment when one of the characters says to Neo, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. This is precisely what Jesus was saying when he says, enter through the narrow way. I know there are those. It's very popular these days, especially among young theologians, to say we really, really don't have any choice. Some are predestined to go to heaven, and others are predestined to go to hell, and you don't have a lot to say about it. But then you do have Jesus here saying, enter, as though we have a choice in the matter. As though not only do we have a choice in the matter, but it turns out our choice actually matters that we can choose Jesus' way, or we can sort of say like Felix last week, um, no hurry, 
You don't have to get in a hurry. I'll call you back when it's more convenient. But the way we choose matters. And not to choose is to choose. You say, I'm just not going to make a choice. Well, then you've made a choice. So walk away first from the wrong way. I think that's verse 13. Walk away from the wrong way because the wide road leads to destruction. In other words, if you just say, I'm just going to go the easiest way, just, you know, the, the path I'm on. This is something I observed. I was in a board meeting with a bunch of Baptists at a university years ago, and I said to them, not intending to be prophetic in any way, it turns out we don't drift toward God. We tend to drift away from God. To, to get closer to God involves a conscious choice on our part. So we think of the book of Judges we looked at when we looked at Ruth recently, and it says, in those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Judges chapter 17, 6, 21 verse 25. In other words, uh, everyone, that was just, you did what you wanted to do. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end, it leads to death. Jesus points out the convenience of the way. It's a broad road. Maybe your translation says it's an easy road. It's an easy road to go on. Alan Bloom, who studied college students, uh, Uh, 20 or 30 years ago said nearly every college student enters college with the idea that all truth is relative. If that was true 30 years ago, how much more true is that today? And the bad part about it is it seems like the churches have just joined in. So one church in Miami advertised on their sign, come here, we believe in everything for what it's worth, which isn't much, because if we believe in everything, we may believe in nothing at all. The word he uses for broad, there's the word, the Greek word plataia. It's a broad, expansive way. You may have heard the little phrase, uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. That expression was actually first used back at the turn of the last century when Edgar Nye was writing about the Platte River. Some of you have seen the Platte River in the Midwest and and West. It's a very wide river, but it's not very deep. So when we were looking for passages to go west, it was wide enough, but there wasn't much to it. And as Edgar Nye described it, he said, the river has a very large circulation, but little influence to the extent that the church of Jesus Christ says we're just going to go with the culture wherever the culture goes we will go we will discover that we may have a wide circulation but very little influence and Edgar and I said the Platte River is a mile wide and an inch deep so much for the way that is broad and and expansive and inclusive and everybody's on the road and everybody's going that way. And what Jesus says is if you go that way, if you just go the way everybody goes, he says, the problem is that road, like the road where the bridge had washed out, leads 
to destruction. This broad road is convenient and it's crowded. There are these large crowds on it, but the culmination of the broad way is death. Years ago, I I read about uh, in Giza, Turkey, there were some guys watching sheep for 28 families. Together, they had 1,500 sheep. It wasn't until I was in FFA with my daughter that I really learned much about sheep. I'm a little sheepish telling you what I know, but it turns out they, they follow. I mean, whatever they do, they follow. So these, these shepherds said, you know, I'd like a cup of coffee. So they went down to the village below this mountain where they were keeping their sheep to get a cup of coffee, and they walked out, and one of the sheep, they looked up at the mountain, and one of the sheep was looking down like this. And before they could say, don't do it, the sheep stepped off the mountain. 1,500 sheep stepped off the mountain. 450 died. I think the last like 1,050 were sort of padded when they, when they fell. But it never occurred to anybody to say, Fluffy, don't do it. Because following the way that the others did, and and a recent Gallup poll said it's a significant statistic that nine in 10 Americans are not committed Christians. So what does that mean? It means, if I may say, truth is not determined by majority opinion. So it turns out there is a right and a wrong. And right is right, even if the whole world says it's wrong. And wrong is wrong, even if the whole world says it's right. And Jesus says, there is a broad road, but it will lead you to destruction. To just sort of go with your gut may lead you in a direction and a trajectory in life that will not end well for you. But there is, thankfully, another road. There is a narrow road. And in verse 14, my second thought today, Jesus says, walk away from the wrong way and walk the right way. And the way, remember, is not just a principle. It's a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's a a narrow road. Alexander McLaren, whose uh, commentaries I used to read when I was a teenage pastor on the third floor of Moody Library, uh, he, he wrote about this and he said, so the two pillars for the narrow road go back to the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount are, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The entrance to the way of Jesus is a way in which We are poor in spirit. We are aware of the poverty of our own righteousness and we mourn over our sin. This is, and and so he points out, as Soren Kierkegaard said, Jesus isn't looking for admirers. He's looking for followers. And the difference between an admirer and a follower is a follower is or strives to be what he admires. The gate is narrow. There's no question on the questionnaire about how many bags you want to bring because you can't bring them with you. Now, the wide road, you just, you know, they don't even charge you $75 a bag. You just bring them all with you. But the narrow road says, I can't just bring my sin 
and my, and my selfishness and my own choices with me, I leave those things behind because I've found a better way. It's not, this, this is not Aristotle's golden mean. This is not the, the via media, the middle way, don't offend anybody on either side. Far from it. As Donald Bloch says, the, the Christian way is not the middle way between extremes. It's the narrow way between precipices. There's a cliff on either side, and it's a narrow road. Think uh, Indiana Jones in the third movie. Uh, is it the Temple of Doom or one of those? And he's, he steps, and the only place he steps is the only safe place to be. G.K. Chesterton, the great British Christian, said years ago, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. So the question Jesus teaching asks us is if you get where you're going, where will you be when you get there? Will you be in a place of death or in a place of life? And Jesus says the the gate is small, it's narrow, but the good news, this is not bad news, this is good news. This means there is a way to live. There is a way to experience abundant eternal life and that way is Jesus' way. Again, Jeremiah 21, 8, I'm placing before you the way of death and the way of life and you need to choose eternal life, God's life, not just living forever, but living forever with God. This is the way that God has for us. I was impressed this week when I read about every town, I suppose, has its landmarks and things that make it significant. But up in Longview, Washington, they have a bridge called the, the Nutty Bridge. It's an interesting bridge because they built it over Olympia Way, a very busy street, because people who worked in the office building wanted to feed the squirrels who were in the trees across the street. And you know where this goes, across a busy road. This is not good. I remember one morning riding in our bus. We're parking again, by the way, to make room for our guests. We're parking again in our parking garage. I remember I was riding with one of our drivers one morning. And, you know, it's just one of those things. The squirrel got right in front of the bus and was just sort of doing this. And I'll never forget the driver of the bus. By the way, the squirrel did not get hurt in this story. But... I've already killed a bunch of sheep, I'm sorry. But, but, the, but, the, but the squirrel and our driver said, make up your mind, make up your mind. You wanna live, get out of the road. Well, this builder of bridges up in Longview, Washington built this nutty bridge for squirrels to come across over the bridge. They use this, they've now built six of these bridges in that city. The most recent one I think was like 2015. So. Here's the beautiful thing. The squirrels have taught the little squirrels to go across the bridge because somebody wanted the squirrels to live. And it turns out we have a father, a God who not only created us in his image but who wants us to live. And in Jesus, he has offered us a bridge, a, a clear way from death to life. And, and if you get the chance, by all means, take that bridge. One uh, famous American writer owns two Picasso paintings. Uh, they're beautiful Picasso paintings. And she said to a friend of hers, if my house ever burns down 
and I can only take one thing. I'm taking those two. <laughs> this is, I think, a definition of where, where many of us feel. I, I don't really want to choose. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't really, I just, I just want to, I just want to kind of stay with what I've got. And I remember Robert Frost's uh, little poem where it's the road not taken. Isn't that what it's called? And, and he says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry that I could not take both. I couldn't. I found this again this week. Somebody said, you're not doing well at being two places at one time, Dwayne. I was leading a prayer meeting and teaching a Bible study, and I was supposed to be in the med center going and seeing our friend Kurt Dardis, who had a second surgery this week. We prayed for him a couple weeks ago here in this room, and there's some progress. Keep praying. Keep praying for Kurt. But I couldn't be more than one place. Look, here's the deal. We can't be on the narrow road and the broad road at the same time. As John Oxenham put it, to every person there opens a way and ways and a way. And the, the high soul treads the highway. And the low soul gropes the low. And in between in the misty flats, the rest is kind of drift to and fro. But to every soul there opens a highway and a low. And every person decides the way his soul shall go. Which way is it? We can enter through the narrow gate and choose Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord and follow him all the way to life. Or as the rock song says, you can go your own way, but there's only one way that leads to life. And as Dorothy Day put it, as we said at the beginning of this series, all the way to heaven is heaven because Jesus said, I am the way. Do you believe that? Choose this day. I place before you a path to life and a path to death. Take the right road, and I promise you, you will never regret missing the wrong road. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your power to save. Move us, I pray today, to a place where we can see clearly who you are, and choose you for ourselves. We believe your word when it says today is the day of salvation. And now is the acceptable time. And time after time you have waited before. And now you are waiting again. To see if we're willing. To walk your way. And find eternal life. Help us to choose well. In Jesus' name, amen.